This is recording number 10827 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Vallejo, California. This is the 18th message in the outpouring series by Randy Bolt. It was recorded on Sunday morning, July 26, 2009. This message is titled, Water Baptism. chapter 3, and uh, we'll be looking at verses 13 through 17 today. Matthew chapter 3. Now, I've asked you to turn to Matthew, but we're actually, this is actually in the context of our ongoing study in the book of Acts called The Outpouring, The Outpouring. We're, uh, in case you um, have not been with us, let me just briefly say that we are, this, this the uh, title of this series of messages that has taken us really almost verse by verse through the book of Acts. Is co- the reason it's called the outpouring is because the book of Acts describes this process of the Spirit of God being poured out on uh, the, uh, belie- the first believers in the city of Jerusalem and then the spreading advance of the gospel and the establishing of Christ's church uh, throughout the, the Roman world. And um, so, the outpouring. We're also, the subtitle of the series is Primitive Christianity because what we find in the book of Acts is the raw, unadulterated version of what Jesus intended Christian life to be like and the life of his church to be like. Now, last week, uh, we talked about the Philippian jailer's conversion. Remember Paul and Silas and uh, his other, Paul's other traveling companions had been uh, thrown into a jail in Philippi and um, you know, beaten and all. I won't re-preach that, sto- that uh, sermon, but you'll remember that through the process of that, the jailer and his household were converted to Christ. And it also says that they were baptized. It's the middle of the night and, you know, all kinds of incredibly miraculous things are taking place, but the Bible records for us that this uh, jailer and his household who were converted to Jesus during those events in the middle of the night were baptized. And it makes, I think it makes an important point in that it wasn't something delayed Even a day. Coming to Christ meant let's get in the water and let's show externally what's happened internally. And that's, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's really what baptism is about. And um, so based on that, I wanted us to just take a closer look at what baptism is its purposes and its benefits before we actually uh, celebrate with uh, those from our congregation who are being baptized today. Um, But remember what Jesus said as part of his parting words to his followers. He said, go therefore, Matthew chapter uh, 28 verse 19 tells us this, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. A disciple is simply a follower, a learner. Go and make disciples or Christ followers of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible does not teach, as some profess, 
that you that baptism is required for salvation or for the uh, cleansing of one's sins and the securing of eternal life. It does not teach that, but it is clear that it's important and that it is something that every uh, Christ follower ought to engage in. It's a, a part of the process of obedience to Christ that's part of coming to know him and walk with him. But I want to uh, uh, show you in the, through the book of Acts how this gets played out. Jesus uh, ascends into heaven, gives these, this, this directive, go in all the world, preach the gospel. He says, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy, uh, Son and the Holy Spirit. And then those followers do that. And the book of Acts records them fulfilling that command. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, on the day of Pentecost, when the church was born, it says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, when the gospel through the ministry of uh, Philip reaches the Samaritans, it says, But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. In Acts chapter 8, verse 38, when the Ethiopian eunuch is returning from Jerusalem to his home in Ethiopia, uh, Philip meets him and leads him to faith in Christ. And it says, So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. In Acts chapter 9, verse 17, when Paul was converted, the Saul, who would uh, have his name changed to Paul and become such a, a prominent figure in the rest of the, of the New Testament, uh, in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, when Paul was converted on the road to Damascus, it says immediately there, uh, excuse me, verse 18, uh, it's Acts chapter 9 verse 18 immediately there, from the, there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized in Acts chapter 10 verse 48 when Cornelius the Roman centurion who uh, didn't know Christ but had a hunger for the true and living God the God Jehovah the God of the Jews uh, who came to faith in Christ because of the ministry of Peter in Acts chapter 10, verse 48, it says, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then uh, they, they asked him to stay a few days. Peter had gone to Cornelius' house and preached the gospel to his whole household and entourage, and they were all converted, filled with the Holy Spirit, and baptized. Acts chapter 16, verse 15, um, Lydia uh, in Philippi is converted and when she and her household were baptized she begged us saying if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord come to my house and stay so she persuaded us in Acts chapter 16 verse 33 what I referred to earlier the Philippian jailer and when he was converted in the middle of the night when Paul and the other prisoners were miraculously loosed from their chains it says and he took them Paul took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family were baptized. You kind of get the impression that this is important. In Acts chapter 18, verse 8, 
The Corinthians, uh, the gospel comes to the city of Corinth and uh, a prominent ruler in the city, a guy named Crispus, is converted and his household. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his household and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. And then in Acts chapter 19, verse 5, when the gospel reaches Ephesus, the Ephesians, many Ephesians are converted. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Throughout the book of Acts, we see the followers of Christ fulfilling Christ's command. Make disciples of all the nations and baptize them. Baptism is not just a rite or a ritual. It is not um, something that, uh, you know, is just somehow a way to um, make sure that we... Uh, dot every I and cross every T in terms of, you know, fulfilling all of the things that the Bible has to say. It is an important and powerful experience that Jesus wants for his followers to have. Now, I ask you to turn to Matthew and chapter 3 because we're going to read about Jesus' um, baptism. Many of you know the story. Jesus came to John the Baptist, who, by the way, was... I mean, you've heard the name John the Baptist. Well, the reason he was called John the Baptist was because before the ministry of Jesus, John, Jesus' cousin, was preaching a, a, a message of repentance, calling Jewish people to repentance and to a fresh faith toward Jehovah. And as a symbol or as a sign of them... Make, uh, uh, making that transition from um, walking in, in sin and disobedience to God to becoming filled with a renewed faith and passion for Jehovah, he would baptize them. So Jesus showed up at jo- the site of John's uh, work of baptizing uh, the Jews who were uh, coming to repentance And he offered himself, Jesus offered himself to baptism. And John says, wait a minute, because he knew, he knew standing before him was the Messiah. And he said, I should be baptized by you. But Jesus said, no, he said, let's fulfill everything that God intends. Even Jesus was saying, There's something so important, so significant, so sacred about something as simple seeming as baptism that I don't want to skip it. So let's read about it. Matthew chapter 3 verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Let's talk about the purposes of water baptism. First, 
obedience. We are baptized because Jesus commanded us to be. Because the Bible again and again and again makes it clear that this is what followers of Jesus do. Now, uh, I have been in this you know, position of, of uh, seeing people come to Christ and watching their lives begin to go in a fresh and new direction for you know, uh, a long, long time, let's say. <laughs> 30 plus years. And um, I know that when people uh, come to faith in Christ and see the marvelous, wonderful things that he begins to do in their lives, baptism, you know, allowing somebody to dunk you under the water sometimes seems like trivial. But dear ones, obeying God is never trivial. And I think one of the major things about baptism, one of the reasons why it's so important is that it's just a simple, raw step of obedience. It's saying, God said it, I'm going to do it. Because if that becomes the pattern of your Christian life, hallelujah, you are going to have such a better experience than most people. Most people find themselves kind of always, want, well, I don't know about that God. You know, you'll read something in the scriptures and say, I'm not so sure about that. That kind of you know, hinders my lifestyle. But if you just get in the habit from day one of saying, whatever you say, I'll do it. Whether it makes sense to me, whether it inconveniences me, whether it troubles me or bothers me, if you say it, I'll do it. If that just becomes your lifestyle in Jesus, there is no limit to what, can, what God can do in and through you. So to begin your Christian life, stepping into a lake or a stream or, or, or a contraption like we have out there <laughs> and saying, God, put me under. I'm, I'm, I'm holding nothing back. That's the way to live. Full throttle for Jesus. Another one of the purposes of, of water baptism is that it's an opportunity to give testimony. You know what? None of us can look inside your heart. We can't see in there. And Jesus has done spectacular things in each of our hearts. Those of us who have come to him by faith. Number one, he has cleansed it of all sin. The Bible says that um, what once was uh, Spotted and stained and ruined, he has made white as wool. And reconnected your heart, your spirit with the God who made you. That pipeline has been reconnected through Jesus. But we, we can't see inside your heart. We can't see that. What we can see, though, is when you come to the waters of baptism and you say, You know the guy that I used to be? He doesn't exist anymore. Watch this. And you go under the water and demonstrate a death to what you once were. And when you come out of there dripping wet, it signifies and symbolizes the cleansing that's happened in your heart in unseen places. It symbolizes the magnificent work of God in recreating you. The Bible says we are new creatures. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. 
When you are baptized, it is an opportunity to show in a graphic way, an, uh, a, uh, a tangible way, what has been happening in the, happening in the intangible, um, solid, uh, solitude places of your, of your life. You know that today, right now, this day, July 26th, 2009, there are places in the world where uh, you, when you are baptized in water, you are breaking the law. And I don't mean they're just going to write you a ticket. I mean they're going to throw you in jail and maybe worse. Now you can carry on a quiet, private faith and nobody's going to trouble you. But when you're baptized, now you've gone on the record. And that's why they're coming after you. Thank God that's not going to happen to anybody today. <laughs> but it just shows the significance of the testimony that's being demonstrated when we come to the waters of baptism. The third purpose of baptism is celebration. Now, I won't, I won't say who, but uh, one of the women in the church, on her way in this morning, I greeted her and said, I heard through the grapevine that you had a birthday recently. You know, women that get to a certain age, they don't, that's not good news, you know. Uh, so I won't, <laughs> spit on yourself? <laughs> I didn't even say how old you are. <laughs> But we, we in our culture, we love to say, and not just our culture, all around the world, uh, people celebrate birthdays. And we don't get uh, often the chance to really celebrate and rejoice in our rebirth days, our born again days, our new birthdays. But baptism gives us that chance. And that's what, those are the purposes of baptism. There are three benefits. I believe, and you, you can take issue with me if you want. That's, that's totally your prerogative. But I believe that the three things that happened to Jesus on the day of his baptism are God's intention for every person who comes to the waters of baptism and beyond that to all of his followers. The first thing that happened when Jesus came up from the waters of baptism, it says the heavens were opened. The heavens parted. All of us have had the experience of opening the scriptures and, and going, I'm, I'm not sure what that means, but I want it. I know that, but, uh, you know. And I believe that every time we take a step of obedience... There is, it's like a key that opens more of... It's not as though God is keeping things under lock and key. I don't mean to give that impression. But when I step forward in any, any form of obedience, it's as though my heart gets tuned more to his frequency. And, I, and suddenly things make sense to me that didn't used to. And there's something about the obedience that's required to step out and be, uh, go on the record in water baptism that causes heaven to be more open to me. 
The second thing that happened there when Jesus rose out or came out of the waters of baptism is it says that um, it was that, that people there saw, they saw something uh, that uh, looked like a dove descending upon him and, and Matthew describes it as the spirit of God. Now, I really don't believe that it was a bird, but, you know, these things that are so uh, Spiritual are often hard to describe, and so Matthew does the best that he can. The other gospel writers the same. It looked like something coming out of heaven and 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 descending upon him, anointing him in a certain way. The Holy Spirit being upon Jesus, and it'll be after this that his ministry opens. And he will begin to gather around him the 12 disciples and then the others that would follow him. This is the launching pad for Jesus' three years of ministry before the cross. And it's the descending or the coming upon of the Holy Spirit that empowers him in this way. Now, I don't even want to get into the whole subject of if Jesus is the Son of God, then why does he need to have this experience of the coming upon of the Holy Spirit if they're three in one? Uh, that's a, a subject that I don't, it, uh, there's answers for, but I don't want to take the time for today. But Jesus was making, uh, he was doing everything he did as an example to us. You and I cannot fulfill the ministries that God has called you to and me to without the power of the Holy Spirit. And those of you who are coming to the waters of baptism today, when you opened your heart to Christ in faith, the Holy Spirit became, came and began to reside within you and bring your spirit to life. So you already have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. But the Bible talks about an empowering, a coming upon of the Holy Spirit that happened on the day of Pentecost and again and again through the book of Acts. And we've already talked about that at other times, so I won't, I won't belabor that as well. But I believe that you can and should anticipate and expect a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon your life as a result of what happens today. And that's true for every one of us, dear one. Whether baptism is something you experienced a long time ago or are still looking forward to. And by the way, if you didn't sign up to be baptized today and would like to and you don't mind going home soaking, soaking wet, you're welcome to be. But whatever the case... God always is looking for an opportunity to pour out of his spirit upon you. And finally, the, the thing that, uh, the last thing that happened when Jesus came out of the waters of baptism is that it says a voice was heard. A voice was heard. Can you imagine being there that day and hearing? Whether it was audible or some, something that you just understood in there. In, in, in their um, hearts and minds. I don't know, but the Bible records it as saying they heard it. God the Father saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now I believe with all my heart that every person who comes to the waters of baptism ought to be anticipating hearing from your Father. Affirming you. This is my daughter. This is my son. In whom I'm well pleased.
But not just, you know, that's, that's true for all of us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit has been given to us in part to communicate that message deep in our souls that we are not orphans. That we belong to him and that he is, is delighted with us. That he favors us. He is well pleased with us. And I'm going to pray right now that whether you are uh, going to be baptized today or whether you have been baptized in your past, that uh, July 26, 2009 will be a day when heaven opens to you in a fresh way. When the Holy Spirit is poured out upon your life with increasing measure. And where you have that affirmation in the depths of your soul that you hear from the God and maker of all things that you are his child and that he delights.